0: Welcome to this month's edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Here with me today is Aaron Garrett, and Aaron is an Extension Educator with Natural Resources, Environment, and Energy. How are you doing today, Aaron?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks, Gavin. How about yourself?
0: Oh, not too bad. You know, still a little cold right now, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll bust out of this in a little bit. But <laughs> for now, we're gonna be still wearing our coats for a while. It sounds like
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, so today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, planting a native plant garden. Um, so I've got a couple questions here for you. Um, so let's start off by talking about what a native plant is and why someone might want to plant them in their garden this year.
1: Yes. So native plants have evolved over thousands and thousands of years in in a given location. And because of this, they in many ways are more fully integrated into their larger ecosystem. So what that means is they could be better matched to the soil where you live. Um, They can better survive in your climate and may be connected to that broader food web. So that's the insects that visit your flowers as well as birds or mammals that may feed on those plants. So it's likely that you've heard about the benefits of planting native for pollinator species. So our bees, butterflies, moths, and even wasps that we have that visit our gardens, for the most part, those are native species. And they've evolved over thousands of years um, with the plants that grow in our area. So essentially, if we want those pollinators to be here, we need to plant the plants that they use
0: that's that's very interesting and i will be honest i have never really thought of a moth as a pollinator to be completely mm-hmm. honest there so that's very interesting to hear that um you know so I, i'm really used to seeing pansies petunias uh roses and you know all of those uh pretty looking uh, flowers that we normally see um uh, at the garden centers each spring are, are these native plants
1: so What I like to call the traditional plants that we see every spring offered at the garden centers, um, most of them are are not native plants, and so not originally from North America. So many of those plants that we're using and putting in our gardens each year originated in Europe or Asia. And so, of course, these plants are beautiful. They're often highly sought after, and you may ask why would you not wanna put them in your garden? Um, And and we kind of look at the broader ecosystem, right? So what we just talked about, if these plants haven't, um, been here and growing and evolving again, over thousands of years with the ecosystem, they may not as easily plug into and interact with their surrounding environment. So that's not to say that you won't see bees visiting those flowers because of course we do, right? You may unfortunately have a deer come by and nibble on one, right? So you think it's interacting with that ecosystem and they do, but not necessarily necessarily in the same way that a native plant would. Um, And and with these non-native plants too, many of them may not have a natural check. So a natural um, predator or something that eats them. um, So they can spread out of control and cause issues as well. Um, And we're seeing that unfortunately with a lot of the, the woody plants, um, that have been in our horticulture industry for a while. Unfortunately, a lot of them have, have turned invasive. So it's just something we want to keep an eye on um, and and make sure we're aware of that those plants that we often put in our gardens aren't from North America.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And you really hit the, the that big buzzword that everybody seems to cringe at, and that's invasive there. <laughs> <laughs> so what should we be planting? planning for our Our gardens. If I love my rose garden but I'm still interested in adding native plants, can I do a combination?
1: Of course. So I'm definitely not saying that non-native plants don't have a place in our gardens or that we should get rid of them completely. Even in my own garden, I have a combination of native and non-native plants. But it's a good opportunity, it's a good time of year for us to consider the other plants that are out there that we can incorporate into our landscapes that we may have overlooked in the past or not even considered were an option. Um, so one person that I look to is um, Doug Tallamy. He's a prominent <coughs> researcher and author focused on promoting native plants in our home landscapes. And he says that there's there's room for both. So we don't need to have um, 100% native plants in our gardens. And um, based on his research, he suggests that once we get to about 70% native, now that probably sounds like a big number starting off, but if we get to 70% native, increasing that number doesn't seem to make an additional large difference. So that definitely means that there's room for us to keep our favorite non-native plants in our gardens, but also start adding in these, these beneficial native plants.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that 70% does, does sound like a lot there. Um, so where, where do we start? Uh, h- how do we know what native plants to add to our gardens, and how to make them look like part of a design?
1: Right, so when we talk about what plants to choose, I like to use um, this concept of three different types of plants. We call them structural, seasonal and ground cover plants. And this comes from a book called Planting in a Post-Wild World um, by Rainer and West. And essentially, they talk about using native plants to create gardens that mimic what you would see out in nature. So oftentimes, you know, when we're on a hike, we, we don't see plants spaced evenly five feet apart from one another, surrounded by a bunch of mulch, right? And often that's what we have in our own gardens. But what we see is um, you know, groupings of plants that look aesthetically pleasing. We have structural plants. Those are ones that form the main shape of our landscapes. So we think about the larger plants like trees, shrubs, and then really large perennials. Um, you also have ground cover plantings. And a lot of the times we don't think about planting ground cover, but instead we put mulch or rocks, right? But instead you can put um, sedges, ferns, and some grasses. And then finally, what we often are looking to plant are those seasonal plants. So those wildflowers, and then in the spring, those spring ephemerals um, that will bloom early and then fade back into the landscape. So that was a lot of information, Um, but it's also helpful to to do some research and to look around you um, in your surroundings. So at the end today, I'll mention some guides that are helpful that give you information about, you know, some really good plants that you can consider adding, you know, what light requirements they have, what soil they need when they bloom. Um, But what I also like to do is visit some native gardens. And a lot of the times now, when you visit a botanical garden or even a zoo, Um, And even just when you're out shopping and you look at the landscaping in front of um, stores and other buildings that you go to, a lot of them include native plants now. Um, And many times they're labeled too. So you can look for those examples, say, hey, I really like how that plant's growing. See if it's labeled or or go inside and ask if they know what that plant is. um, And then use those as examples and guides to start including them in your own garden.
0: Yeah, thank you for all, all of that information. That was, that was a, a lot, lot of good information there. Uh, so what if someone wants to start a new garden bed, where should they put it and what plants go there?
1: So many times when we, when we talk about native plants and most of the ones that um, you know, are, the, are the popular types that people are adding into their gardens, they're adapted to full sun. So one option is to create a new garden bed in a sunny area in your yard. Um, but something else you can do is choose to plant underneath your existing trees. Um, and in this case, you can plant shade loving ground covers and then spring ephemerals. So oftentimes when we think about our our home landscapes and our gardens, you you may think that you have all non-native plants. Um, but many of the trees that we have are native. So look around your yard, um, and you may have more than you think that's already native. So planting under those trees, um, you may not necessarily be providing a huge benefit to pollinating insects um, just based on the plants that will, will live and survive under those trees. But what they do is provide necessary habitat for caterpillars. So we call those types of gardens soft landings. And essentially what they do is they provide a safe haven for pupating insects like your caterpillars, to overwinter and complete their life cycle. Now, why would we want more caterpillars? Well, caterpillars are a top food source for many of our bird species. You know, we put out bird feeders all the time and think that they're using those seeds, which they are, but when they have young, they're feeding their young caterpillars. So if we want more birds, we need caterpillars. If we want caterpillars, they need a place to complete their life cycle. And so those gardens under trees, um, uh, fill that role and provide that habitat for them.
0: Well, that's very interesting. And, and it makes complete sense uh, when, when you talk about it like that too. Um, you know, so when should people look to, to order these plants?
1: Right. So deciding when to order and plant native depends on how you buy your plant. So you can buy native plants as a bare root. Um, in a small pot, which we also call a plug, um, or as seed. So seeds are often the least expensive, but also the least reliable way to start most native plants. Um, You can buy seeds, you know, year-round, but the recommended time to plant many of them is in late fall through winter. And this is because many of those seeds need a period of what we call cold stratification to germinate. Um, So they have to Be exposed to freezing temperatures for a certain period of time in order to break their seed dormancy. Um, If you don't order seeds in time, you know, if it's this time of year right now and you're just ordering seeds, you can cold stratify them in the fridge also and then plant them in the spring. Um, But besides seeds, it's More expensive to buy bare roots or plugs, but it's more reliable and a faster way to establish a garden. So bare roots are dormant root structures of plants that are often a couple years old when purchased. And then plugs, like we said, are small potted plants um, that are a great option as well. So if you're looking to buy these um, plants, a great place to start is to look at an online nursery just to get an idea of what plants are available. And many of those will start accepting orders for those plants a season before they ship. Um, so for example, if you wanna plant this spring, you would order right now in the winter, in January or February. Um, if you look, want to plant in the fall, you would order in the summer. So essentially what they do is if you order the plant now, they're not gonna ship it right now. They'll wait until the weather conditions in your location are suitable for planting, which is really cool. Um, So you can order early and receive them and plant them later. And this is also important because native plants are growing in popularity, which is wonderful, but that also means that they often sell out. Um, So if you want to add these plants to your garden, I would recommend um, looking earlier rather than later because I have missed (laughs) buying ones that I have wanted because I waited until, you know, say March and they were already sold out for, for that season.
0: So where can people find these plants? Can you find them at your local hardware store or nursery?
1: So it depends on where you're located. Um, You may have a local native plant nursery near you, and you may also be able to find them at a farmer's market when things start to warm up. Um, And there's also a lot of different, you know, nature-focused organizations that host spring and fall native plant sales. Um, So when it comes to your, your general hardware store or nursery, Some of them are starting to sell native plants. You know, it's oftentimes not the majority of what they're selling, Um, but I always keep my eye out and I've been lucky to find a few natives for sale. Um, But like I said before, you could also order from an online nursery. So if you want to, find a list of, you know, local native plant nurseries and upcoming plant sales in Illinois. Um, You can find one at the Illinois Native Plant Society's website. They try to keep an up-to-date list um, across the state and they even have some out-of-state online nurseries. And you can find that at their website, which is illinoisplants.org.
0: Well, that is a great resource. Thank you for sharing all of this information. Is there someplace people can go to find more information?
1: Yes. The last thing I'll mention is that there are some wonderful native plant garden guides um, that you can find at the RedOakRainGarden.org/resources, and they have different guides based on what type of garden you'd want to put in. So, say a full sun pollinator garden. A rain garden, a woodland garden, um, and each of these um, brochures, these resources, include suggested species, and they also have a design idea. So if that's not something you're as familiar with, kind of shows you how you can arrange these native plants and in an aesthetically pleasing manner. And they also have suggestions for how to have um, four season interest in the garden. So how can you always have something blooming spring, summer, and fall, and then have plants, you know, that have either berries or colorful twigs in the winter time as well. So really, really great guides um, and resources to to get you started.
0: Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, You hit another buzzword there for everyone there on the uh, aesthetics um (laughs) so yeah that's that's always a big one so aaron thank you again so much for all of this wonderful information
1: you are most welcome
0: and that concludes this month's edition of spotlight on natural resources thanks for listening